house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. I've been practicing this for a little bit. Did I rush it? Felt like I rushed it. That was good. I liked it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. What up? With us on the ones and twos, Joseph Ascani. You. This is episode 150, a milestone episode. Mm-hmm. If we were smart, we would have planned out the bracket breakdown to be episode 150. I thought about that, but we didn't. Yeah. So we are on to the Sweet 16. We are going to recap a wild opening weekend, an up and down roller coaster of a weekend. We're going to talk about everything that happened, all the upsets. Um, we had a couple bets where we squeaked by. We had a couple where we got absolutely bent over. And then we're going to give you our best bets for the Sweet 16. And uh, and then we'll have to come on back for the Elite Eight. But, all right, let's see. So, the first thing I wrote down was what the fuck happened, basically. Um, I guess we got a we – Pour one out for Stoma in his bracket two years in a row. Day one, done. First year was Kentucky. This year, Arizona. Got beat by the nerds. <laughs> What'd you think? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's tough. Oh, I do know what I was thinking because I bet on Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Arizona was in position to cover. They were up 10 with like eight minutes left in yeah. the game. I was like, all right. If Arizona ends up extending this lead, they can hold on to it and cover. And that's exactly what didn't happen. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that is uh that's tough. So I can't relate because I have the best Bama bracket in our bracket challenge. So I want to know that was one of the things that I was gonna write down, but I didn't because I'll just remember when am I gonna get the respect that I deserve? <laughs> that's what I want to know. You're pe- like you want to know. I understand, now, but I'm not saying down. no. I understand, but we're done with the second. We're done with the initial weekend. You actually have. That's what I was telling you. I don't know if you looked. You have a snowball's chance to backdoor your way in. With well, the I think my bracket. Houston. Eh. Yeah. No. No. Because if well, regardless, we'll the- have to break that down separately. Because there's going to be a lot. I don't know. I haven't looked at your Houston because I just assumed well, you we were have, dead. We we'll have work. the three. Well, all my brackets are in the same place in yes. terms of points scored and points. Who do you have in the bottom right coming out to the final four? Gonzaga. I have the same three that you have left in your Alabama bracket. That's the yes. only bracket that you're going to be ahead of me in regardless of. Yeah, so in the in my Houston bracket, I have UCLA. Yeah, so I would need Gonzaga to... Do you have Creighton winning? Um, Going to the Elite Eight? Oh, I don't have that in my Houston. I have that in my number one bracket. Actually, I have the Houston bracket right here. Regardless. So, yeah, you very well could be right. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I had Arizona in the second bracket. You very well could be right. I just looked at the Gonzaga. um, But that's, I mean, that's interesting. I know, But I could have swore there was somebody else because I've been looking at everybody. I was looking. It's close, but no one has, like, the same Final Four. Are the, the only ones that are matching are me and you for Alabama. Okay. Yeah, and, and I don't think anybody – if it plays out the way I have it in the Bama bracket, I'll win. Yeah. You're, so, But there's a couple diff- – if UConn gets there – so even if UCLA gets to the Final Four, as long as UConn doesn't get there, I'll still have the leading Bama bracket as far as I can tell. So that's what would hurt me would be if um, – if UConn squeaks in and Gonzaga does not, somebody will jump me just by a little bit. But if UConn were to not get there, then no matter what happens, as long as it's Bama-Houston and Bama wins, I'll win the bracket. So, I don't know. There's a lot. You you start doing all this, uh, all this like, look ahead and math and all of that. But, Joseph, you said you felt like this was going to be a good year for you. Oh, yeah, it was. What do you mean? Uh, I predicted Furman. Yeah, but <laughs> you didn't put much merit behind it, though. Yeah, but I mean, Brady. Uh, we talked. Brady about always that. Snapchats me randomly about like when I call something and y'all give me shit for it, like Furman. 
And he was like, you showed them what's up. And I was like, you're damn right I did. <laughs> eh, I mean, sure. Well, I mean, you yeah. also had Baylor in your final four. Well, dude. I told you that was good. Yeah, happen. but I was high on Creighton, too. I don't know why I didn't. You weren't that high on him. You had Baylor in your final four. I got Creighton in my uh, Elite Eight in another bracket. But I have Creighton in the Elite Eight in my number one bracket. I have him in every bracket. In the Elite Eight? Yeah. You had him beating really? Arizona in every one? Yeah. Because I didn't have Arizona getting upset, but I, I mean, I had Creighton. That's why I always say my number one bracket is the indicator on how well I did this season in, in terms of picking a bracket. So, um, yeah, I got. So, like, if you're going to go with the way I did it, which if you listen last episode, you know that I've like kept everything the same up until the final four. I'm thinking like it's better to pick a lot less upsets that way. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. then you just have kind of a solid foundation, mm-hmm. and then you're, that was you where, have v- more variability at the end. So that was where... I, I just, had way too many... Uh, well, yeah, you had a ton. You got way too many you upsets. You got way I, reckless. Well, I, I almost nailed it. Which one? The, um, UNC Asheville? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that game, literally that game, they could have just played four minutes, and UCLA's yeah. covering, and it could have just been a four-minute stretch, UCLA by 17, and UCLA would have been the best bet. They were fucking up 20 as soon as the yeah, ball was no, tipped. No, that was bad, but I should have. it should have been Princeton. It was the shortest spread out of the two 15 matchups. Yeah. But, um, and that's three years in a row. Or now. maybe actually Vermont was sh- a shorter spread with Marquette. It definitely could have been. Well, I think it was, what was it, 10 and a half? Yeah. Uh, that's three years in a row now. A 15's upset a two seed. So and that's, that's where you're going. It's like don't – that's where you're like – what I'm saying is when you're filling out your bracket in these challenges, it's like it's hard because you're trying to do a perfect bracket. Yes. But it's like it's almost not worth even – it's almost not worth knowing that your bracket's not going to be perfect but to have a better bracket, if that makes sense. Yeah. I th- My problem was – so 2021, we were calling upsets left and right. This year, not the case. I, swing and a miss for me on – um, what did I have? I had UL, which – they they had they put up a good fight there in the second half. <clears throat> a swing and a miss on VCU. I think that was for both of us over St. Mary's. Swing and a miss on Drake. I felt and Drake had it too. Once yeah. they started pressing, Drake collapsed. And that I hate that so much. It's so frustrating. You'll see these teams that it looks like they've never seen a full court press before and they just implode. That's what we saw with Drake. They should have had that one. Um but yeah, for the most part, though, I pretty much was on top of this bracket. I said the bottom left quadrant was going to be a fucking shit show, and that is exactly what it was. I said that Purdue and Kansas were the most vulnerable of the one seeds. No, I didn't think Purdue was going to lose 23.5 point fucking favorites. Um, quite a few people actually backed Purdue on that line, too. Um, I told you Arkansas was going to upset Kansas second round. That got me out the gutter uh, on the weekend. I feel like for the most part, like, like with Creighton going out, San Diego State winning twice, granted the Furman call, which if you would have put a little bit more behind it, you could have gave us anything. Yeah, you could have said, well, I think Furman shoots it well. Well, I told you I was feeling lucky, man. But you can't just say like, nah, nothing. Oh, yeah, because March Madness, like the brackets, you don't have to get lucky. No, of course you have to get lucky. You have to get very lucky. Come on, dude. But you got But you just lean into it and be like, Furman's point guard's great. Hey, I think he's going to carry it. That's what I said. 27 wins, man. So I actually wrote down that Furman win over Virginia oh, was top five March Madness moment that for was me sweet. ever. Yep. We were, I mean, second game of the day, coinciding with the first game. First off, I start off with Maryland. They're down by a billion in the first half, and then they make an incredible comeback. I sat right here. I said, Pee Wee Reese will be the difference. He was in the second half. Maryland comes back and wins. And then Joseph's calling a 13 over a four with Furman and Kihei Clark. What are you fucking oh, doing? What are you doing? Kihei Clark is supposed to be the smartest guy on the court. It's been there forever. What are you doing? He oh. just blindly, it was just a prayer. I don't even know what his thought process, just hold it and get fouled. Right. Yeah. I mean, looking back on it, he was clearly like trying to clear it out, yeah. like throw it in. But this isn't hockey. Like, <laughs> he's got those soccer. little baby arms. That was going nowhere. He didn't all, even get it to half court. All-time call by Kevin Harlan. God, dude, he's oh, yeah. my favorite announcer. Yeah, he's great. Did you see that sideline view of it? Yeah. Dude, that was awesome. And no, that's what they said. Like, you see him when he puts his, he puts his arms yeah, out. Yeah, and Gundy's just like. Well, it's to tell them to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, don't say anything. Right, just let it be. 
because that's like the rule with announcers is sometimes like they did it after the Gleason block punt. Kornheiser and Tarico didn't say a word for like 60 seconds, maybe even longer. Yeah. Like you let the moment play out. Right. And so, yeah, uh, Harlan was like, don't fucking say anything. And then he he kind of took but it But even there. before he did that, Van Gundy's face is just like starstruck. Oh, yeah. As soon as he throws it up in the – well, I was sitting there watching with Lindsay. He throws it up in the air. I literally go <gasps> – like before it was even Picked like off. clear that it was going to get caught by the other team for a turnover. It's like, what are you fucking doing? Everyone knows don't do that. That's rule number one. When yeah. we played in fucking high school, I was I would always like when you save it under your own basket, I was chucking it to the other right. side and the coach would like like coaches love when you do that shit because it's a it's a high IQ basketball play like a lot of people save it right under their basket for a fucking layup. So you chuck it to the other end. But not not, not in, there. Not not in that instance. Not no. there. You're doing that when like you're fucking getting a steal or getting it off the rebound or or it's about to go out of bounds. You have the ball, just hold it and get fouled. Go to yeah. the free throw line. All time boneheaded move. Oh, yeah. It was incredible. But the fact that the dude who wasn't even that good of a three point shooter wets it, you knew it was going in. As soon as he shot it, you're like, okay. Yeah. That was wild. Um, that was an all time March Madness moment for me. And it kicked off the weekend. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was wild. We saw obviously a 16 seed go down. I offered Lindsay a $1,000 bet. That there wouldn't be a 16 seed to win. Cause she's like, oh, I think I, I think it's gonna happen. I'm like, oh, do you? <laughs> it's happened once ever. I said, I'll bet you a thousand dollars and then you give me a hundred if uh if it doesn't happen. She said, No, we'll do 125. I said, deal, sucker, easy money. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh the smallest team ever beat the fucking team with Zach Eating. So that team was vulnerable. Yeah, all their year, average though. height six three. That's wild. Ooh, I could get it. rebounds on yeah. that. No, it, it, it's wild that... But I sat right here. I said, we just watched them against Penn State win by two. Edie went for 30 and 15. And they only beat Penn State by two. And yeah. that's a small team. Penn State does not have a lot of size at all. This Purdue team, their guard play was mediocre. So it, it, it sucks for Edie. Great career. Matt Painter, what are you doing? Purdue was lost to North Texas. You called that. They lost to... Um, St. Peter's last year. Yeah, St. Peter's on the Cinderella run. They lose to a 16 seed. Matt Painter's out, if it's me. Goodbye. I, they had a ton of talent last year. Jaden Ivey, yep. uh, Stefanovic. Uh, who else? Uh, they, multiple, Williams. Yeah, Edie. Like, what was his name? Trayvon? Travion Williams? That wasn't. Was that last year? That was. He, yeah, that's the that guy was. that freaking had the windmill miss uh, for your yeah, bad. Yeah, the, But he was more skilled than Edie. Yeah, my dad's now like... He, he's like a seasonal better, so he's back in, and he's texting me about the worst bad beat of all time because a three-point shooter got fouled against Texas, um, and it was five-and-a-half-point spread. I think he goes and shoots free throws and ends up being a five-point game. Vegas called it worst bad beat of all time. Meanwhile, I have the under in the first half against Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. Three minutes to go, 21 points. 21 fucking points get scored in three minutes. Never seen anything like it. And he's telling me about the worst bad beats of all time. We got Tra Travion Williams on a breakaway dunk. Oh, and he goes for a windmill and short arms it and hits the front of the rim. Worst bad beat of all time again. What? Shit, Gonzaga. Oh, yeah, that was way worse, too. Oh, yeah. bro. Yeah. No, that's why I'm like, I'm losing my ass. And he's, I'm getting texts <laughs> yeah. like, dude. Yeah. No, yeah, that, um, I was on the Gonzaga first half under of that game. And even then. Even that one. I don't know if y'all were paying attention to that. No. It ended up fucking, they needed like 11 points in, in in a minute. I was like, I should be good. Nope. Fucking, it hit. It hit. But they score a shitload. And then it, got, it came down to where Gonzaga got the ball, if I remember correctly, off of a rebound. And the guy stepped out of bounds with like two, it was going to be a half court heave. So I was like, should be good. Steps out of bounds with like 1.2 on the clock. Now TCU gets it. They just have to inbound it. It's in the half court. And they fucking inbound it to him. He takes a turnaround jump shot. I told Lynch, I was like, watch this. Fucking he missed it, luckily. But that would have broke me. Uh, but yeah, so then Joseph was on the wrong side of the .7 seconds left on the clock, and they roll it three quarters of the court. The guy picks it up, fucking swishes it. Did you see that? Yeah. That was, that was absurd. But somebody was making a good point. They were saying you could argue that whoever it was shouldn't have 
that they shouldn't even fouled before that. They mm-hmm. shouldn't have fouled Gonzaga. Yeah, I think true. Jamie Dixon was saying don't foul. No, but you still can argue also that before that, the jackass who inbounded it directly to TCU. Oh, yes. Yeah. Straw. No, it might have been straw there. It was one of them. You're talking about right, right in the middle? Right to him, yes, yeah. for an easy layup. Well, because I needed Gonzaga for my bracket, and they made it closer than it yeah. should have been. But they obviously held on there at the end. But, yeah, no, that was that was brutal. Um, obviously, yeah. we saw – go ahead. But, yeah, they, no, they shouldn't have fouled. Yeah, Gonzaga was up four, and yeah. then they fouled him with, right. like, no chance to yeah. win, really. Exactly. Um, and then we saw Princeton over Arizona. So <clears> – <throat> I hit the nail on the head with that one too. That's what I'm saying. This this resolidifies for me that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> it does. I said that it's just too risky with that team with Creasa. Creasa did exactly what I said he's going to do. That's what he. That's what he does. He's the one of the most overhyped, overrated players in college basketball history because he's got this like aura about him that he's like a really good player. But when you watch him, you're like he's not doing anything except like making a lot of hand gestures and and hyping up the crowd. But at the end of the day, there's no substance behind it. So, Tabellus got his. That's what I said. Tabellus is great. He needs help. Didn't get it. Princeton manages to knock off Arizona in an upset that really nobody had. Um, I thought that that was – I mean, that's another just – it happens every year. But it's like, how do these teams allow it to happen? That's, that's why it's the best tournament ever. But it's like – they have Ballo, Tabellis, Larson, Creasa, Ramey's over there now. It's like they have a shitload of guys. How do y'all allow this to happen? Yeah. It blows me away every time. Um, so I wrote down, I mean, yeah, I wrote down where'd I go right, where'd I go wrong. Basically recap. Um, I told you the East would be a shit show. SDSU to the Sweet 16. Arkansas upset over Kansas. Purdue, Kansas, most vulnerable one seeds. Creighton to the Elite Eight. Uh, UL. Sucked. VCU sucked. Drake sucked. Um, I don't know. All in all, I got three out of... If Kentucky could have beat Kansas State, I would be in the driver's seat right now. Both brackets, Houston and Alabama. Far and away in the driver's seat. That that hurt. Um, at least definitely Alabama. Because I'm pretty sure I had them upset or beating Kansas State in both brackets, though. That one frustrated me. Um, it was a it was a dogfight of a weekend for me. I went way down, then came all the way back, then went way down, and then somehow made money on the weekend. So I don't know where you ended up, but yeah, I won. But the picks I gave out weren't any good. I had to go dark. I had to I had to get it out get it out <laughs> the gutter. I had to go dark and get it out the gutter on my own. So we won big on. A live bet with Arkansas, and then that right after that, we won big with uh, the Leon Edwards. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of what saved us from yeah, that. Yeah, my Arkansas bet wasn't even a live bet, so y'all yeah. are over there sweating out. I'm like, I got fucking three and a half. Cody's like, oh, I got nine and a half. I'm like, you're good. Yeah. You're fucking good. he was good. complaining. Yes. I'm like, shut up. No, I know. I'm like, I have three and Eventually, a half. Eventually, they're going to yeah. make a run, and they made a run all the way yes. in one. Yeah. Yes. Um, Should have money lined. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, and then I had the under in that as well, and that one fucking came down to it as well. Oh yeah, one point, so, one half. Point well, on luckily it. they inbound it to where they don't get fouled. Yeah, that was a a sweat for sure. Um, yeah, no, all in all, I have a couple bets I feel really good about this week. I do. Um, we'll see, obviously, what happens. So that doesn't mean much, but I do feel much. I feel like I feel like the first weekend is always the toughest to bet. Now. The, the the better teams kind of assert themselves. This is where you're going to see the majority of the better teams, a couple teams that maybe, I feel like round two is when those teams that probably shouldn't have been there get kind of weeded out. And then Sweet 16, Elite Eight is when you're going to be able to get your most value in terms of finding who to bet on. Mm-hmm. That's just the way I feel personally. Um, I mean, what else What else happened before we get into bets? Anything? Am I, am I glossing over anything? No, I mean, like you said, the East, we all thought it was going to be up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's out, Duke's out. That was a lot of the... Yep. The... Duke just got fucking... The teams that people handled. went with, like, to come out of there other than Marquette. And who was the top seed in there? Purdue. Purdue. Yeah, and Purdue. Yeah, so Mar- now you kind of, it's... 
a lot of people were fading Kansas State and a lot of people were fading yeah, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the highest two seeds left over there. Marquise Noel just took over and at the so very good. the final minutes against Kentucky. But dude, there was a couple really bad calls. And dude, I just don't understand how these players melt under the pressure uh, like yeah. Reeves did. Oh, yeah. of fourteen from the from the field, he kept launching. So I'm like, eventually, I told Lindsey, I was like, for us to win, he's got to hit one, and he kept trying. But it's like, dude. Fucking make a shot. You're so he's the leading scorer. You're the guy. What are you doing? It's time to fucking play. Yeah. It's March. Make a motherfucking shot or else you're going home now. Dude, it drive How it dri- many rebounds did Sweet Boy get? A lot. He, so many. He's so good, dude. He is so good. Like his he's like Rodman level of like anticipating which way it's coming yeah. off the rim instead of just like watching and being like, okay, it's over there. Like he's waiting to see, like, oh, it's probably going that way. Like he he's anticipating instead of reacting. He's so good. It's wild. They were basically hacking him the whole time. But but oh yeah. Oh no. It that's where I'm like because Calipari said that in the in the halftime interview, and they're like, they're they're hacking the shit. And they were. They were hacking the fuck out of him, where it was like it was selective officiating. I despise that. I despise that. And I understand I probably har- I probably like hyperanalyze it when it's going against my team, but I try to look at it from an unbiased way. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like they were making calls that were not going both ways. It's like you can't penalize or like Kansas State actually fouled like multiple times in a row and then they hacked the fuck out of Shibway and they didn't call it. Just because they fouled multiple yeah, times yeah, in a row I doesn't mean you too. don't call it right. now. That's on them. If they want to foul like crazy, that's on them. Blow yeah, the it was happening whistle. in the um, Houston-Auburn game. Mm-hmm. I was listening to it on the radio. Yeah. I was running outside, and I was like, dude, they're fucking, they kept, but they kept just calling fouls. Yes. And I mean, I know the game gets really annoying when like it, it seems like every possession's ending yeah. up at the free throw line. That's but on it's them, like, though. Yeah, they, they got to quit fouling. Yeah, you don't get, it's not like, okay, shit, they fouled six times. Let's not call the seventh. Like, no, just don't foul them. And they that was I saw it firsthand with Shibway where it was like they they hacked him so bad clearly across the arm and the ball came out and, it, and they don't call anything it's like you have to make that call now you're giving them an unfair advantage or the makeup call bullshit like yeah. I I hate it it's human nature I guess I I despise it though um one thing that I, I we kind of talked about last episode right after we broke the bracket down we've been like like. I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but um, unusually like in sync the entire for across all sports. So we obviously both had Alabama and Houston. My first two brackets, we both. I mean, we didn't talk about it at all. But you and I both have Alabama, Houston. Then we flip flop winners, and then my third, I went rogue a little bit. Whereas you just your fucking your tactic was wild. I don't um, think it's a bad strategy, but it's not if you call the upsets though. You 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 took too many. Upsets. I took too many risk on the yes. upsets. Where, but if you were to if you were to get those, I correct, think if you limit those though, yes. and then like next year, if I do the same strategy, if you limit it, and you just go with mostly you know the teams that are favored by Vegas or are closer spreads for the upsets, yeah, then you're gonna end up having a better chance at the end, especially if you have a good feeling about like we have a good feeling about Houston and yes. Alabama. You no, know, I don't think the strategy. Then yeah, those yeah. teams have to be in your your final four. Well, it's for like every the eight bracket. and nines, like we talked about. If you you just got to do your research on the eight and nines and hope your research pays off, and then take the same eight and nine matchup for each one, because you're giving yourself the possibility of having three brackets, which ours is a max of three, so we'll go with that. Three brackets at four and zero. You're taking the risk of going zero and four, but or you can just guarantee yourself a two and two. Essentially, like it, it's it's worth just doing the research and trying to see if you're getting those picks right. Um, no, I think the strategy makes sense, but you're just slightly too risky. And and we just swung and missed. I'm, I swung and missed on my 12-5 upsets, and that just kind of comes with it sometimes. But The Memphis games would hurt. You got hosed there, for like sure. Like Memphis would – they would have been big favorites against FDU, and probably oh, yeah. they, they no, would have likely won. They'd be won. in the exact spot. They, they, my final four would yes. be intact. Yes. Yeah. And then they would be in a a weak region. Yeah. Putting no the the stars aligned for Memphis and the officiating down the stretch was terrible. They got screwed. 
and there's the conspiracy that the NCAA is still got a a grudge for uh, Penny Hardaway and all of that. So, but there was a jump ball that shouldn't have been a jump ball. There was or, or it, it, they didn't grant him a timeout. There was multiple things. Then it comes down to a buzzer beater for FAU. And but Purdue, the turnover there, yeah. they had the ball up one with under ten seconds left, and they turned it over on the inbounds. Yeah, was that the jump ball? No, I don't. It wasn't a jump ball. It was just. Um, Memphis had the ball yeah. up one, and they were inbounding it like after F- mm-hmm. after FAU made a shot, and it got stolen on the inbounds, and then that's how they had the ball for the final shot to win. Yeah, but it's like they just made a mistake in the worst time. Yep. All right. Um. Yeah, and I feel like Alabama and Houston clear cut, clear cut best two teams available. The batting lines dictate that. Uh, or back up that statement. And then what Houston did in the second half against Auburn was fucking eye-opening. Yeah, without Shed and eye without Sasser. Opening. Um, Both in foul trouble? Yeah. No, to, to and that's why that was the first futures bet I placed at 10-1. to 1. Now it's plus 350. You are on it as well at 10-1. This is what I fucking preach. This is why I know. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Doesn't mean that if you listen to me every year, you're not going to win your bracket challenge every year, but I'm not fucking picking you the team that's going to bow out right away. Like, I know what the fuck defense is what you lean on, and Houston's ability to lean on their defense is wild. They held Auburn to four made shots in the second half. Alabama's defense is just as good. These two teams are very similar. That's why I was like, these are the best two teams. It's not close. Kansas lacks size down low. Purdue lacks anybody outside of Edie. They were, these two were the clear cut. You have to find a team that can rely on the defense when there's an off shooting night. Houston was down 10 at halftime. They outscored Auburn by 25 points in the second half. Auburn made four shots. That was like remarkable. I, I'm like, because I was more like, obviously I'm leaning Bama. If Bama runs the table and wins and, and a couple things work out, then I'll win the bracket challenge, which is obviously what I want. But I was thinking like, because Houston kind of slept walk through their 16 seed and then first half against Auburn, I was okay. Bam is the clear cut, like best team right now. And then Houston was just like, mm, nope, it's, it's fucking tight. I hope we get to see that game again. I think that'll be an incredible game. So I thought that that was uh eye opening. And then UConn, UConn's fucking great. I knew that coming in. I have a futures on UConn. They're doing exactly what I thought. They're 2-0, 2-0 against the spread, dominating people in the second half. Sleepwalking through the first half, going to make the adjustments. I love I love Coach Hurley. Uh, that whole team, they're just kind of a little reckless at times. But if they're not turning the ball over, they're fucking great. So Yeah, I'd much rather a team like that, like the way Houston, Alabama, yeah. and UConn's been playing where they come out sluggish in the first half. I'd much rather a strong second half. Yes, game. yeah. Don't start fast and and, and finish bad. Um, and UConn, same thing, ability to just lean on the defense. Dude, and when they get fired up and they get momentum behind them, Calcaterra comes in and starts raining threes. Klingon's giving them great minutes. That's what I'm saying, dude. I fucking was prepared for this. Like, that's... The three teams in my brackets, Alabama, Houston, UConn. UConn looks like, I mean, you can make an argument. UConn's one of the best teams. They are. It's not even an argument. They're one of the best teams left, clearly. They have a great chance to go and win the national championship. Yeah. Offensive efficiency-wise, I think they're two by Ken Palm. It's like you don't think it because they turn it over a lot. That's their Achilles heel if they can minimize turnovers. But they've got everything you need. Sonogo's a fucking beast, dude. I, I... I can pull up what he did, um, but he's been on a tear. Like doing like, yeah, I think uh, he's gotten 20 plus in double digit rebounds, I think both games. So he's doing what Shibway's doing, except he's scoring more. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Klingon's giving him great, great minutes. He was the difference against um, whoever the fuck they just played, VCU or Mm -hmm. uh, St. Mary's. He was the difference when he came in. Granted, there was a little luck with St. Mary's best player getting hurt, but luck in terms of our bet not I mean that sucks for the kid but I don't know they have everything that they need and they remind me of Houston they remind me of a little bit like Alabama they they remind me more of Houston like they have hard-nosed defense rebound the ball very well 
and can shoot it a little bit. Yeah, so. your boy can shoot. He got hot in the second half. Hawkins. Yeah. yeah, if Hawkins shows up, they'll be. He's got a pretty shot, man. Oh, it's probably the best jump shot in, in college it's basketball. A really nice shot. And he got hot. I think he hit three straight. Well, then Newton. Stanford. Newton's Aaron Jones's cousin, I found out. Um, the running back. He was hitting shots in the beginning. He was kind of keeping him in it and then extending the lead a little bit. But then you've got Jackson, the guy he, the guy who can guard every position, run the break, gets reckless with the ball sometimes. But he's that guy that you need. To, they can put, just go guard the best player. He's going to have an off night. Like, And then you've got Calcaterra, who's shooting like almost 50% from the three-point line. They have every piece they need. Size, good guard play, the wings who can guard everybody. They have every piece they need. And I have them at twenty to one. So if they win it, I won't be disappointed. Yeah, before the tournament started, they were fifteen to one. Yeah, so I wish I would have bet them. I bet them before. I bet them. I want to say in the Big East tournament, maybe even before that. But I picked Gonzaga instead. Yep, that defense is trash. That's the biggest problem with them. Once they run into somebody who can guard Drew Timmy. Yeah. He, because he was fucking fantastic against TCU. Oh. Once they run into Sonogo, I'm so intrigued about the UCLA game. So fucking that that game. That's oh, I don't have a lean there as far as I know, unless I wrote some down and I'm forgetting it. If I do, I'm scratching it out because it's not it's not a uh, ringing a bell. I could see that one going either way. I'm interested to see because that's a great off top notch offense, top notch defense. What's going to give? But all right, we will look ahead to the Sweet 16 and um. Give you our best bets. You don't have your notes, so. No. Are you going solely off of memory? Do you need the laptop? Um, No, I, I got it. All right. I am going to have a play for Michigan State, Kansas State. Do either one of y'all? No. No? Do you? I don't know. This no. is. um. This one's tough. <clears throat> for me, at least. Yeah. Um. Because Michigan State's playing really good, but. I mean, you saw what uh, what Noel did. I mean, if those two can play like they did. Yeah, but Keontae Johnson got put in check for the majority of that game, and then it was really – dude, that game frustrates me so bad because yeah. it was right there. It was right there for Kentucky and then Marquise Noel in that final minute. He's really good. Oh, he's great. Yeah. He gets reckless with the ball too, though, because Kentucky went on their run because he started making yeah. careless turnovers. But when – you you can tell when he's got the momentum behind him, and uh, I mean he's he he's a quality quality guard for sure. So, but yeah, so Michigan State, Kansas State, currently the line sits at Michigan State is two point favorites. The over under is I got one thirty eight. I see one thirty seven and a half now. Either one. Um, all right, so Michigan State thirty first in defensive efficiency, but they are three hundred and forty. 341st in forced turnover percentage. This means they play really well, tough half-court defense. Uh, They're 302nd in the nation in tempo, 274th in offensive possession length, going to nearly 19 seconds per possession. Kansas State, on the flip side, 17th in defensive efficiency, 15th in the nation in three-point defense. percentage defensively so you can get you can guess where i'm going here michigan state shoots the ball very well statistically this tournament they have not first game they were five of 14 second game they were two of 16 seven of 30 overall um 25 both teams are right around 25 percent from deep in the tournament um michigan state's favored in this one so clearly vegas thinks that i mean if they think michigan state's going to win it's going to be a slow paced game you're going to see um I'm expecting good defense both sides. I, I'm going to go under 138 and uh, kind of expect the the poor shooting. They're going to a different arena now. Uh, I think the poor shooting is going to carry over, and Michigan State's going to have to slow it down and lean on their defense because if Noel gets out and running and finding Johnson and all of that, they want to run and, 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 and push it up. They don't go crazy fast, but – when Noel gets into that mode and he's running the fast break, throwing behind the back passes and shit, that doesn't bode well for Michigan State. I think their half court defense is well, I, it is is quality. Um, being thirty first in defensive efficiency, but three hundred and forty first in forced turnover percentage, they're not getting those steals that are leading to fast break buckets and all of that that you don't want if you're betting on under. So I'm going to take under one thirty eight. Yeah. Um. 
It's tough because you, yeah, you wonder what's his name for who? Noel. What's Mar- his Marquise Noel? Marquise Noel. He spells it with a K and a Q. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I can tell um, you. Hold on. Anyway, yeah, you wonder if he can do it again. If he can put the team on his back like he did against Kentucky. Every time Kentucky was about to get the lead to four or five, yep. bam, three. He does spell it with a K and a Q. Hit, hits a big shot. Yeah. So you wonder if they're going to get enough from him, whereas Michigan State kind of, they have good guard play too, but I don't know. It's not as much on one person. And then, like you said, they, they haven't shot the ball well, but they're certainly capable of shooting it better. Eventually, some shots probably are going to fall for them. The thing here, I'm worried here, taking Michigan State, though, is in the first two games for Kansas State, same thing, line movement mm-hmm. going in the opposite direction. A lot of people betting against Kansas State, and they've covered and won both of those games outright. Um, you wonder if it's going to happen again. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm interested to see how this one's going to go because who's going to guard Noel? Hogard's been pretty much running point, and he's good size. I don't know if he's quick enough to stay with him. And then you've got Tyson Walker, who that's a, Michigan State has a good backcourt. Yeah, Hogard can't shoot it very well, but he plays good defense, can run the offense, can hit you some timely shots. But Tyson Walker's really good, really good. So I'm interested to see is it a Tyson Walker versus Marquise Noel head to head type of thing? I think. Malik Hall could match up pretty well with Keontae Johnson. And, I, dude, Izzo. Izzo's a fucking March wizard, dude. He doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion. Yeah. I've, been, I've been a big Michigan State guy from back in the day, back when they had Adrian Payne, and I think it was, was it Keith Appling? Keith Appling, yeah, he um, was a beast. I, and then Denzel Valentine. like Draymond. Yeah, so I, I've been on Michigan State for a good good few years. Tom Izzo consistently has lesser competition than the rest and is consistently having his team competitive and com- when it's most important. So, I mean, you kind of got to tip your cap to him for sure. I mean, he's recognized as one of the best in the in the game, but I feel like he's almost underappreciated. So, I'm interested to see how they line up defensively again because they always play good defense. What are they going to throw? What looks are they going to throw at Kansas State? Are they going to... Yeah, I think I'm going to go with um, Michigan State here, even though I'm a little bit worried because... It opened at Kansas State favor by one mm-hmm. point, so it's moved three points. You just worry. It hasn't happened yet where it's like, oh, you're too late. And, like, when you have a number move through zero by three points, it's not as significant as mm-hmm. if it was, like, a, a five to an eight-point spread or yeah. something like that. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if, if they get <clears throat> caught again meaning the big betters that are putting a lot of money on Michigan State. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, dude, this is like – the opening weekend's always the best, but this is when you get those matchups where it's like every game you're like, how's it going to go? Like every game's a good game now. Um, all right, next game on the list, 6.15 p.m. on CBS, Arkansas-UConn. UConn's three-and-a-half-point favorites. The total sits at 140. Are you on this? Yeah. Okay. I have a lot. <laughs> I don't really have too much. I'll notes go first. I'll go first. All right. Um, <clears throat> so this is going to be, uh, this was the one I did the most analysis on and, and went into the most. Um, all right. So obviously I, 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 I called the Arkansas upset over Kansas. I felt like they matched up well there. They've been solid in the tournament. The second half, turnaround from Arkansas against Kansas was extremely impressive, but they have not shot the ball well at all this year. And that has carried over into the tournament, um, which was to be expected. But the key is that they've been able to control the boards, especially the offensive glass, 15 offensive rebounds to seven versus Kansas and 11 offensive rebounds to three against Illinois, which was impressive because Illinois has good size. Kansas is undersized. Um, The average height, for Kansas, 77 and a half inches is 117th in the nation. Now they're going up against UConn, average height 78.3, 28th in the nation. <coughs> Kansas lacked the size down low. UConn much bigger. I think you're going to see a more relentless approach on the glass. That's UConn style of play. 
I think Arkansas is going to run into trouble with uh, if you're not able to control the glass. If you're not shooting well, the offensive rebounds picks up for. That's why that's why Alabama is a front runner in my opinion because they shoot it well and then they rebound at the highest clip. So whenever they are missing shots, they're getting extra chances. I don't think that they're going to get those extra chances against UConn. Thirty-eight point eight percent of the time they're generating an offensive rebound being UConn so that's second in the nation and then they're holding opponents to 25.6 offensive rebounds on the defensive side of the ball which is 61st in the nation I like this UConn team a lot I think another thing that's kind of like brushed under the rug is that they shoot the ball at the free throw line incredibly well Sonogo for his size who gets fouled a lot I don't know what his exact percentage is, but it's in the 70s, and he shoots it He shoots it well. So for Arkansas to beat UConn, they're going to either, one, have to force UConn into a shitload of turnovers, which is not out of the question. But more realistically, they're going to have to shoot it well from deep. Anytime that, uh, anytime that we saw UConn lose this season, typically the team had a very good shooting night, or they turned it over. A ton. So UConn losses. They lost. They've only lost like eight times. They lost to Marquette. They shot it thirty-eight percent from the three-point line. They lost to Creighton. They shot it thirty-three. They lost to Xavier, who shot fifty percent from the line. Then they played Seton Hall, who shot nineteen percent from the three-point line. But UConn had eighteen turnovers. This was earlier in the year. St. John's fifteen percent from the three-point line, and UConn had twenty-one turnovers. Then they played Marquette, who shot thirty-eight percent from deep. Providence shot 44% from deep, and Xavier shot 32% from deep. You have to either shoot great or force a ton of turnovers. I think I don't see Arkansas just all of a sudden figuring out how to shoot from deep. UConn has the rim protection. UConn can shoot it very well. They're And they're shooting it really well like to start this tournament off. So um, 45% from the three-point line and 51% from the field. So you're gonna have to hit shots from deep if you're gonna hang if you're gonna maintain with UConn. I'm taking obviously the Huskies minus three and a half. That was the biggest knock for me on Kansas was that they're undersized. They don't have a big man. I've been saying it all year. They lack. They're a big man away from being one of the best teams in the country. So and they didn't have it. It it was the deciding factor that kept giving Arkansas second chances. Those second chances aren't going to be there against UConn. So unless they shoot the ball, shoot the lights out. Of the gym, then I don't see them hanging in in this one. So I'm taking UConn. Yeah, I'm taking UConn as well. Anything outside of? Um, no, like you said, I mean, I think it's just like when you can rebound on the os- offensive end like them, them in Kentucky, they were the mm-hmm. top two teams in the country this past season. It's it's rare. Like Kentucky, I wonder what the rebound differential was for the, the Kentucky-Kansas State game, but it's rare that a team loses the um, rebounding battle but wins the game. And I know for sure that Kansas State lost the rebounding battle, but it's like... Oh, yeah. They lost it big time. Yeah. 44 to 25. <laughs> 19. That's incredible. So that, that And that's where that's where I'm like, dude, when are we going to start pointing the finger at Calipari? You know? Yeah. 19 offensive rebounds to four. The How you make up for that, like I just said... Kentucky had 16 turnovers. Kansas State only had eight. Fouls were 17 and 17. Um, but and then it, it it all goes hand in hand. A good shooting night makes up for turnovers. They shot like shit. Four twenty from the three point line. They were forty one percent overall from the field. But how do you nineteen offensive rebounds to four? Yeah, that's so many extra chances, and you you end up losing the game. So. But yeah, so that kind of that kind of goes against what we said. But that's not sustainable. If you're finding well, the that's team a that, lot of bad shit happening. They, yes. I remember now because I walked away from the TV for a moment, and then all of a sudden it was a tie ball game. It's uh, Kentucky had eleven of those eighteen turnovers or whatever it was in in the first half. Yes, and um, they could have put that game up more so out of reach in the first half if it weren't for all their turnovers. Mm-hmm. So I think the way you broke it down was pretty much. Yeah, my point. my handwriting's dog shit. So I I should have I should have. <laughs> I, I, my problem is I like I write shit down and then I go to the side and I put like a bullet point. Yeah, and I write shit down, but there's no there's no like uniformity. Like there's it's all just all over the place. So I'm like reading this. I'm like when I'll draw like a little arrow 
and it's like no idea where it fits in. But when I'm when I'm writing it out, I'm like, yeah, yeah. So we'll go here, we'll go here, we'll go here. And then when I go to read it, I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't fucking know. Um, so yeah, the, like I talked about with the rebound battle, it was again. I, I didn't write this very clearly, but I'm assuming this is offensive rebounds. It's like I'm reading somebody else's notes. Uh, Eleven to three against Illinois and. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. They shot three of 11 from the three-point line against Illinois and three of 15 from the three-point line against Kansas. They won the rebound battle both times, though. So that's Arkansas's way to winning, forcing you into turnovers, beating you up on the boards. They're not going to be able to do that against UConn. UConn shoots it too well, and then when you got Sonogo and Klingon down low, Sonogo's eating up the boards. He, yeah, and then the other players are lengthy as well. Yeah. No, Andre Jackson, Yeah, you got to take the good with the bad or the bad with the good, however you want to call it. But the good has been outweighing the bad. And when he's on and he's running the break, and his ability to play defense is making him indispensable no matter what. And then when you add in the fact that teams sag off of him and want him to shoot first round, he was hitting threes, second round, not so much. But he just brings so much to the table. Newton's a good defensive guard. He can score as well. They just, they have a ton of guys. They're deep. I love the coach. I just the way they play. I, I like this UConn team a lot. I, I think um, they've been, they've looked like one of the best teams in the tournament. They've and they're like we said, we want a team that responds in the second half. They've been doing that big time. So Arkansas's crying. They're happy to be here. UConn's got unfinished business. I think we see them come the out. Fucking and, coach is taking his shirt off. Yeah, I like that. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think UConn comes out and rolls in this one. Are you on this? I am not. If I. It's three and a half, right? Yeah. I would lean UConn as well. Um, I, I struggle with this one, though, because, you know, we saw what Arkansas did with Kansas. They can, if they start moving the ball uh, up the court fast, you saw what uh, Davis? Yeah. I mean, he just took over the second half, and when they got out in transition, they looked good. Like, they were finishing around the rim. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's the only thing that worries me here, which is why I'm not pulling the trigger. But if I did lean aside, it would be UConn. They just looked like the better team. Yeah, I think Davis had 21 points in the second half, but that come that goes into it where like the average height, Kansas is 117th in the nation. Average height, UConn is 28th. They have much more rim protection, and the thing with them is it's not like you get. Like, okay, the big man got two fouls, and now he's going to sit. Well, no, here comes a bigger man. So, Klingon comes in, and he's over seven feet. They've got the rim protection. It's going to be – and they got – dude, Jackson is one of the best guards, I guess you, you would classify him as a small forward, at protecting the rim. Fast break, he's hawking it down. He's pinning it on the backboard. It's very tough to get – you're not getting anything uncontested against this Utah – I mean, this UConn team, and, and – in the fast break, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to run the fast break on UConn. Yeah, so that's what I think the difference will be is I think Arkansas is gonna try to push it on this UConn team and and how UConn can respond to that fast break. A transition defense will make a difference. Yeah, I don't know. We shall see. But um, <clears throat> no, yeah, I feel I feel pretty I feel pretty good about this UConn bet. That was one I've looked into more than the others. Um, I do not have a play for Gonzaga UCLA. Didn't think so, but. Are you on FAU, Tennessee, or Gonzaga, UCLA? Either one. Um, I'm going to um, take the underdog in the Tennessee game. I was Come thinking on. it. I was thinking it. Um, I just think it's going to be – this is going to be one of the games that excites that maybe people aren't expecting. I don't know. I could see – I'm not sold on Tennessee. I haven't been sold on Tennessee The defense has been there for them – the first two games, but you look in the first game, I think against UL, man, they turned the ball over a crazy amount of times against UL. Yeah. I'm going to take FAU as well because I don't like Tennessee. I don't like Rick Barnes. I don't like uh, Plavzic. I don't like any of them. Viscovi. I, I don't like any of them. So I'll take them as well. I I mean, I had UL upsetting Tennessee. Clearly that goes to show you how much I value this Tennessee team. They beat up Duke big time. Filipowski, I mean, they literally punched him in his head and and split his eye open. So, um, yeah, and your boy, and he was shooting the lights out of the ball too. Um, Vescovy, no, for Tennessee, uh, the white dude. No, <clears throat> I can't think of his name, dude. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'll take it too, just because I don't. Yeah, and they're another team like Michigan State that really have. They haven't shot the ball mm-hmm. from behind the arc to their potential. 
in this tournament, but yeah. it's like you don't expect that to continue to happen for teams that shoot it's as good as they do. Yeah. Was it like Aquara or Okanaru? No idea. Julian Aquara, maybe. Um, all right, Gonzaga, UCLA, are you on it? Out of principle, I feel like we should take the first <laughs> half under. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, clearly, I'm going to be rooting for Gonzaga. Yeah. Um, yeah, I need him as well. So, so that's I'm, basically. I don't have a. I don't have a lean either way. I already have skin in the game. Yeah, but I, I feel like even regardless if we did or didn't, it would, it would be tough. I would um probably take UCLA if I had to. Yeah, I'm very interested to see who's guarding Timmy and how he's able to respond to it and how they spin this. You know, I don't know. I'm sure they are, but about a lot of these players were on the team that lost in the final mm-hmm. four to Gonzaga on the buzzer beater, but um I don't know. We know we're gonna hear about it in the yeah, broadcast Tiger Campbell and stuff. Was, uh Jaime Hawkes was. Um yeah, I don't know. I think it's gonna be a great game. It'll be a great game in the in the night for sure. Um are you on that one? Yeah, I'm I'm taking Gonzaga plus two and a half. Okay. I'll take Gonzaga plus two and a half. I will not. <laughs> Um, uh, but I mean, it's like you just said. I, I don't know who's going to guard Timmy. You just said you would lean. You said. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that I. I don't see anybody on UCLA that can guard Timmy down low. Oh no, I do. He is so good down low. He's got great footwork. He's uh, so good. He's a work. good facilitator too. Yeah. yeah, and that's where this team's like different than the past two seasons where. They kind of had a lot more go-to guys, especially two years ago. Man, they had so many good players. But then last year, it's like Holmgren getting in the mix. That's kind of crowding down low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this year kind of opened up a lot more for him, and then the contributors are all holding equal weight. It's not as Mm -hmm. much on, like, one or two guys like it was two years ago. Yeah, I mean, outside of Timmy, it's got to be Bolton. They need to feed Bolton more. Strawther is too inconsistent for me. Um, but no, yeah, Timmy's extremely good with his footwork. He's extremely good work in his leverage, but life's going to become much tougher against UCLA's defense. They're not TCU. Yeah. So, but I still think it's, it's going to be hard to take him out the game because of how he can facilitate facilitate, as well from the post. Yeah. But you got to have guys hitting shots though. So, and they, they were not, um, they hit timely baskets against TCU, but they could have shot it much better, in my opinion. I I don't know. We'll see. I'm not touching it. I think um, this is by far the best game to me. It's a good one. But, yeah, I, I, I lean defense. So, I've, I've always said it. I can't, I can't go against that in this one. And it's all on Timmy. If Timmy gets in foul trouble, where do they go? So, that, that worries me. Um, I like Bolton a lot, though. He's good. But he's also got the thing with his hand that they said he was dealing with. Um, but it didn't really seem to affect him. I don't know. I'm not going to touch it. Um, but, yeah, obviously we, we need Gonzaga in terms of our brackets. So we'll see. So, all right, we go to Friday. <clears throat> Same time frame schedule. Starting it off with San Diego State and Alabama. Bama is seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I'll get right to it. I'm going to take San Diego State with the points. I think that Is it seven and a half. Yeah, I think that San Diego State can play their style and kind of muck this up and keep it close, closer than it should be. Bama's the best team in the country. One and two, one A, one B with uh, Houston, but San Diego State with Bradley, your cousin. He, uh, I don't know who who's going to guard him. Quinterly. Who are they going to put on Matt Bradley? Because Quinterly's not going to be a – he's not aggressive enough defensively. He's not going to be able to contain him from getting into the lane. And then they've got they've got some guys that – I mean, they've got Trimmel or Trammell. He shoots it a lot, not very well, but a lot. But then they've got some pretty lengthy guys themselves. Um, Micah Parrish I think could be, could be – uh, a key contributor here, but San Diego state, it's the mix of, they go very slow and they shoot it pretty well from deep. I think that they could hang in this one and muck it up, kind of play their style of game. And, um, 
at least make things a little more interesting than you would like to see. So I'm going to take San Diego State plus seven and a half. Are you going to touch it? No, but I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't lay them with Alabama not here. It's just conflicting styles. Which styles? Yeah. Gonna, which styles going to prevail? I, mean, I think Alabama surely wins. It's just. Or the back door. I could do be think open. it's going to be a little. I was looking at the under here. I think mm-hmm. it's one thirty-seven, right? Yep. Um, I'm not willing to bet the under, but I guess if I had to, that would be the play I would go with. Mm-hmm. But I do. That does lean to more towards the San Diego State's thinking yeah. of that side. Yeah. I think it will be a low-scoring game. Maybe Alabama struggles to score, but their defense mm-hmm. wins them the game. Yeah. No, I just I think. It's just a, it's a couple too many points for me. I think um, San Diego State, can, like I said, make it a little closer, and then potentially that back door could be open there late. So <clears throat> I'm going to take the Aztecs. Are you on this, Joseph? I am not. All right, second game, Miami and Houston. An intriguing, intriguing game. Um, this one I want to hear what you guys have to say. To say cause I, I like this one. If you, have a, if you, you can go first if you feel like you have a strong lean. I like a side in this one, but I've been leading it off each time. So if you got something that you want to throw in. I'm going with Houston. I am as well. That's where I was yeah. Houston's going to shut them down. That's what I was. Defense. That's where I was. Yeah. Miami's yeah. terrible defensively. Horrible. So And what's it at? I got six and a half. Okay. I see yeah, you can you can still find a six and a half. Okay. <clears throat> no, I think after what we saw Houston do to Auburn, Miami's defense is Extremely porous. I think we see Houston, same thing, clamp in on the defensive side. Isaiah Wong's life is going to be very tough. It's going to come down to if Nigel Pack can hit some uh, some big threes for him. I don't see it happening. I'm backing the Cougars here in a big way. I think we see uh, another – another. they had they looked subpar against the 16 seed. They sleptwalked through that first half against Auburn. I think we see a complete game from Houston in this one. Start to finish, a dominant performance. Um Miami kind of they should have lost to Drake. to Drake and then they they look good against Indiana yeah but this I is not um it, yeah they, they they looked susceptible though against Indiana they yeah get back in the game plenty of times yeah but then they closed the door on they, them yeah late pretty uh they ended up winning yeah. by 16 um but yeah I think it, it like maybe 10 12 minutes to go Indiana made it a game but right. yeah no I think this is I think we see because the fact that Sasser played in the second game was a positive for me because I, w- I wouldn't have been shocked if he didn't. But So clearly he's good enough to go, got in foul trouble. He hasn't really been able to assert himself in this tournament yet. I think we see the Marcus Sasser game. I think we see right. um, Jarris Walker. What did he have? Jarris Walker, not many people are – not enough people are talking about him. He'll probably be a lottery pick. Um, he's extremely, extremely good. Let's see. He finished with against Auburn. It was Mark that um, yeah, 20, fucking 26. came off and went shade. And- yeah, I mean, Sasser still finished with 22. Um, But I was listening to it, and they were just like, Mark keeps getting to yeah. the elbow and... Hitting his shot. 20, could, 26 points, 26 points yeah. and nine rebounds. Um, yeah, Jairus Walker only had seven points. Gave you ten rebounds and six blocks. But he also was in foul trouble. Uh, Jawan Roberts fouled out. Sasser and Shed both had four. Walker had four. Jesus Christ. Now, one thing about Auburn is I was, they kept getting to the free throw line, but they, they kept missing. They shot under 50% Jesus. from the free no, throw they line. Were just over it. 19 of 36. That is wild. Yeah. Houston was 24 29. 19 of But yeah, 36. you hear how many free throws there were in that game? Yeah. Almost 30 apiece. Yeah. 36 29 on one side. Wow. Damn. Um, no, yeah. Jarris Walker's a very, very good player. I don't think that. Miami's going to have an answer for him. So they have good guards. Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong are great. But outside of that, who do you go to? Who's going to guard him? Omir? This this could be the Jarris Walker game. Um, And honestly, Sasser did better than I thought he did because I I knew the foul trouble. But, yeah, I mean, 22 points is fucking good. He shot it like 5-9 and from the three-point line. Um, I'm taking Houston. I think Houston, like I said, start to finish, I think this is going to be a big win for Houston. Sounds like we're all on it. 
Yeah. All right, Princeton in Creighton, 8 p.m., uh, nine-and-a-half-point favorites Creighton is. I'm laying the points with Creighton. Get right to it. I think Creighton's another one of those teams. You can make an argument. They're playing the best basketball. They dominated Baylor. Nimhard and uh, Alexander are playing great. They're a very complete team. Do you remember I texted you? I texted you like three weeks into the college basketball season. Do you remember? Um, I yeah, said, I I said Creighton can win a national championship. It was I watched them, and I think I watched Texas. They might have played each other. I think I, they might have played each other, if I remember that correctly. And I said either one of these teams can win a national championship. But that was early, early, early. And I was like, this Creighton team has every piece they need. And they are all clicking at the right time. So I know Princeton's going to be probably the like the Cinderella pick. Can they keep it going, this and that? I don't think so. I no. think we see Creighton come out and kind of smack them around a little bit. Kalkbrenner down low. But Nimhard's playing great. He's playing his best basketball of the season. They have all the pieces they need. Baylor Shireman hitting timely threes. I'm taking Creighton. Yeah, it's tough. You can take Princeton and do it. I want to take Princeton just from memory. I know Oral Roberts, when they were the 15th seed, wouldn't mm. they make it? They got eliminated in the Sweet 16? I yeah. Be, I believe so, yeah. Um, they covered every game, yeah. all three games in the NCAA tournament. And then last year, St. Peter's covered every game. I will say the Princeton win over Missouri was impressive. They beat the dog shit out oh, of yeah. them. They smacked the shit out of them. But this is shorter. They, this point spread's not as wide. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I'm going to stay away from it. I just think Creighton's playing very, very well right now. The The Baylor game, I kept waiting for Baylor to get back in it, and they just yeah, I would didn't get, not allow him. I didn't watch the whole thing, but against the NC State, I mean, that one guy for NC State went off, and it wasn't enough. What was his name? Smith? Something Smith? Who did NC State play? Creighton. Creighton. Oh, in round one. Remember, I was yeah, yelling yeah, at yeah, the TV. Yeah, yeah. I said 30 yeah, he dropped like 30. I yeah. said, oh, for nothing. 30 yeah, yeah. points for nothing. <laughs> Flagler. Flagler dropped 30. Yeah. For Flagler to drop 30 and then Nemhard to match that, dude, I, I think Creighton runs away with this one pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, Keontae George didn't do shit, and Baylor's right, very guard heavy. Um, but I think you said it. This is the round where, like, I, I think it, dreams go to die. Yeah. You know? I mean, Kalkbrenner, Trey Alexander shooting 44% from the three on the season, which mm-hmm. is incredible. And then you have Nemhard dropping third. He's a true freshman, right? No, I don't think so. No? Okay. I, I could be wrong, but I, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty certain he's not. I'm pretty sure I've been watching him for a couple years now. Um, he is sophomore. Okay. Um, if they yeah, can no, have all three of them rolling again, I mean, I, I don't think this game's close. Yeah, I mean, Baylor Shireman shoots it very well. Alexander's shooting it well, especially. I mean, they're all clicking at the right time. Their entire starting fives in double digits. Um, and I have them. I don't know how it'll work out for me. I can't tell if my Texas bracket is still alive. I doubt it, but well, maybe. Because I'm the only one with Creighton in the uh, Elite Eight. Yeah, but that only gives you eight that's points. Not a, you see, that's where I was going to Oh, Elite Eight is only four points. Okay. Final four. That's where you get your points at. Yeah. Um, you basically go see it from your uh, remaining points yeah. available. Yeah, yeah, and you'll configure out. Yeah, I don't think my Texas bracket can last then. <clears throat> All right, final game of the night: Xavier and Texas. I am not on it currently. Neither am I. Are you touching it? No. It's at what four and a half. I see four, four in favor of Texas totals at 148 and a half. Out of principle, I would lean a first half under, but not enough to take it. Doesn't sound like anybody has anything. Yeah, I mean, no. Texas, they played two teams as shoot to three, and they held them in check, basically. But Texas? I don't know. Xavier shoots the three frequently as well. Um, They're playing very well right now, too. They're another one. This is a tough game. This is going to be the best game. Oh, you so. think? Yeah. I don't think so. I think it'll be a good – I think there's a ton of good ones. Yeah, this is going to be the best one. I'm glad they saved it for the last You just have a feeling? Game. Yeah. Are you saying of just a Friday or of both days? Both days. This is this is the last game of the Elite Eight for the last spot. Last game of the I mean, uh, yeah, 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 for, yeah, yeah. Um, Final team to go to the Elite Eight. Yeah. It's going to be electric. 
All right. Stay up, kids. We will see. All right. To recap, I am taking um, the Michigan State and Michigan State, Kansas State under 138, UConn minus three and a half, Houston minus six and a half, San Diego State plus seven and a half, and Creighton minus nine and a half. We've been scratching and clawing the entire first weekend. The second weekend is where we are going to get them. I am the Sweet 16. We are running away with it starting on Thursday. Michigan State minus two, UConn minus three and a half, FAU plus five and a half, Gonzaga plus two, and Houston minus seven. Okay. Three plays for me. I'm going my favorite play is Creighton minus nine and a half over Princeton. I'm going Gonzaga plus two and a half over UCLA. And I added it on. I'm going Houston minus six and a half. All righty. That's pretty much all I got. You got anything else? So episode 150, 150 times we sat, not here, but behind these microphones. How many were here, you think? 70? Um, at least, yeah. I mean, we definitely did the 100 here. Um, not 70. I would say probably like, probably from like episode 80. I don't know. I mean, we'd go back and figure it out pretty easily, but a little less than half. Yeah. It's a lot. That's a lot. Yep. A lot of people said uh, we wouldn't get past one, and then they got past. Actually, they didn't get past one. They just did one and threw in the towel. A lot of people, huh? I mean, it was a lot of people on that one. Six. How many? Well, five, yeah, five, six. I <laughs> one, one, mic, one mic talking all that shit. Suck my dick. Oh, gosh. All right, you got anything to say before we go? No, man. Good luck, guys. All right, episode 150 is in the books. It's the Sweet 16. We will put our videos out on YouTube for the, uh, I guess, the Elite Eight picks. And um, like I said, we've been scratching and clawing this first weekend. It was a war of attrition. Somehow we all managed to make money, um, but we had to go dark. We had to get it out of the gutter on our own. So, But this is when we get them. Like I said, I am the Sweet 16. I'm seeing the board clearer than I've ever seen it. We're going to get one back on them. Episode 150 is in the books. Y'all have a good one. long enough you never change the stakes the house takes you unless when that perfect hand comes along you bet big and then you take the house i've been practicing this because a little bit that i rushed it felt like i rushed it was good i liked it